welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of Christ's chosen leaders. So let's get right into it. So today we are talking about Elder Carl B. Cook's talk, um, which I had to have to say his full name because two talks later was Elder Quentin L. Cook's talk. Um, just kind of confusing that not only do they have the same last name, they were also spoke just one person apart in the same session. <laughs> so, but Elder Carl B. Cook, just keep going with faith. And I'm excited to talk about this talk today. Um, it's really good. He had a lot of really cool things to talk about and um he had the one of the greatest <laughs> um stories that he told as well which i'm sure you'll recognize when i get to it so he starts out by talking about oh before i start though i encourage you to go and listen to this talk or read it um before you can listen to me talk about it so you can get your own impressions and um questions things like that that you can bring with you to listen to me ramble on <laughs> and hopefully i can add something to your study as well so he talks about george a smith smith who's an apostle um who had received counsel from joseph smith um that he should never be discouraged whatever difficulties he had around him and other cook says well how could how could he say that how could joseph smith say something like that to someone who is suffering because he knew it was true he lived that that as he exercised faith that he would come out the other side of difficulties better he had come out changed he went through so many things in his life had so many difficulties that he endured and he kept that faith and knew that on the other side the Lord had something planned for him so he says today I would like to renew Joseph's plea not to let discouragement wow discouragement overwhelm us when we face disappointment painful experiences our own inadequacies or other challenges and he's very clear to say like when i say discouragement i'm not talking about like legitimate mental health problems things like depression anxiety other illnesses that you know require special treatment not mental illnesses physical illnesses things like that that are just your you know but he's talking about the actual like the discouragement that comes just from living life um, and he talks about Zoram from the Book of Mormon, and if you don't know, remember who Zoram is, he was a servant of Laban that Nephi ran into when he, after he had killed Laban and was wearing his clothes and was looking for the plates. And Zoram thought that he was Laban and took him to the plates and then took him outside the gates. And then they took Zoram with them and he went with them to the wilderness and um we hear about the zoramites later on he stayed with nephi he 
had that faith. And we hear about his descendants later on. <clears throat> and he of the cook said he was a true friend to Nephi, a prophet, and he and his seed dwelt in freedom and prosperity in the promised land. And what had been a huge obstacle in Zorm's path, the fact that he was servant of Laban, who accidentally just handed over the plates to the very people who had tried to go and like take it from them earlier that day, um, and then left to live in the wilderness with people he didn't know, right? That's a big obstacle. <laughs> like, can you imagine that? Somebody, you're, you're serving someone and they come and just like, oh, we're gonna live in the wilderness for a while. You can come with us. Um, but it led to rich blessings and he was faithful and willing to stick by Nephi's side. And then he switches to a story about a sister that he met. She had some really big difficulties in her life. And she was sitting in religious society one day and listening to the teacher who she thought lived a very perfect life. And she was so discouraged by it that she got up and left. And she was going to leave and never go back to church again. And as she was walking to her car, the spirit said, go listen to the talk in sacrament meeting right now. The sacrament meeting is going on. And she went to the meeting and it was exactly what she needed to hear. And so she kept going with faith. And even when it was hard, um, she was blessed and she stayed in the church. And I feel like that's honestly a pretty common story for people, right? I know that I definitely have felt that, whether it's in a release study meeting or if it's, you know, listening to a talk in sacrament meeting or something like that, where you just feel like you're the only person in the room who has problems. Even though <laughs> you know deep down that everybody has troubles, you just can't stop the feeling of, man, I just... I'm the only one here who is having issues, right? That's just, it, sometimes you feel very, very alone. And we also don't often talk about our failures in church. We often talk about our victories. And, you know, the amazing story of when we listen to the Spirit and everything worked out okay. Very, not very often do we hear of the stories of people not listening to promptings of the Spirit or questioning their faith or going through a faith crisis or whatever, right? We don't often hear about the hard things that people are going through. Sometimes in specific situations we do hear that, but a lot of the time we see the good. We see everybody come to church on Sunday with a smile on their face and loving life, right? And it's not unless unless you know that person and are like really close with them and their family, you may not know what's going on in their world. And so it can be really lonely to sit in a Relief Society activity or a Relief Society lesson getting preached to by this person who you think is perfect, even though deep down you know that they're not, right? 
that you know they're not living a perfect life, on that surface you just think, man, I am doing something wrong. And this is like, this is God's way of telling me that I'm doing something wrong. And I think that's so important to remember that everybody has issues and problems and inadequacies and hard things that they are going through or have gone through or will go through. Like nobody is immune to struggles in life, right? Even as much as it looks like people are immune to struggles, nobody's immune to struggles in life. And it was at last conference, um, let me see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it because it was one of my favorite talks. Um, Sister Craig. I'll find it and I'll put it in the show or in, in the links. Um, because it was a really amazing talk. And now it's gonna bug me that I can't find it. I also have an episode on it, so I'll see if I can find that as well. But it was a sister who spoke and she talked about how all of us have wounds. Who among us is not wounded? Who among us is not struggling? Leading with faith, leading with love and compassion. Um, and that goes both ways, of course, right? Like, it's not just... Oh, you should treat everybody exactly how they should treat you, whatever, right? Um, it goes both ways, but, but I think that it is a very common, and not even just in the church, but in the world. We see people and we think, man, they're successful, they're wealthy, they're happy, they're whatever, and often just below the surface, there's something even more, especially with social media. People really only show the good parts of life. Um, it's getting better, it's getting more transparent about people's struggles with mental health or just struggles in life in general. Um, but there's always more to the story, I think, than we realize. Even if you know somebody super well, another best friend, like, you might not even completely understand what they're going through. They might not even completely understand what they're going through. Sometimes I'm just having a really horrible day and I cannot figure out why like I can't tell somebody I, I don't know I just I have I'm having a crappy day today and I'm really sorry so he I just after he tells the story he says this the god of heaven and earth will help us overcome discouragement and whatever obstacles we encounter if we look to him follow the promptings of the holy ghost and just keep going with faith. And I have definitely seen that in my life. <laughs> um, I can testify to that. Life is hard and it's okay to be discouraged. And it's okay to grieve, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to feel things, to feel emotions. Um, 
and we have the belief, we have the faith that it will get better, that will come out on the other side better. That's the most amazing thing about the atonement is that not only does it help us make up for our mistakes and get back to where we were, it helps us get past where we were. It's not just about staying in the baseline of like, oh, I messed up, I have to go back. It's I messed up and I can do even better. And it's, it's up and down. It's not a straight path. If you're down one day and up the next, like that's okay, that's light. But with God's help and with Christ's help, we can overcome that discouragement and obstacles that are in our lives and actually use them for the better. So he shares a story, and the story I was talking about. Um, he was called as an Area 70. And after he was done with his training, he was assigned to his first state conference. And he planned it really well with the state president. And then before he was going to go, President Boyd P. Packer, who was then the acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, called in to see if he could go with him. And he was like, um, sure, of course. <laughs> and he asked, you know, how would you like to proceed? Because he'd be presiding. He said, well, let's just undo the plans. Prepare and follow the spirit. And he was like, okay. He's like, I was a little nervous, but I had 10 days and I prayed and studied and prepared. And he got up, or President Packer spoke first for 15 minutes. And then he turned the time over to Father Cook. And he asked, you know, what well, was there something like he'd like me to talk about? He's like, well, just take 15 minutes and, and then carry on as you feel inspired, basically. And he's like, I took 14 minutes and I shared everything I had that I on my mind, everything that I had like prayed about and, and studied for the last 10 days. And then President Packer stood up again and spoke for another 15 minutes. And he shared a scripture and then he said, okay, we're going to hear from Elder Cook. And Elder Cook was like, um, okay. And this happened again. This He spoke for another 15 minutes and then President Packer spoke and then he said, we're going to hear from Elder Packer. And <laughs> he was like, I was empty. I had nothing. I didn't know what I was going to say when I got up there, but I went, I went to the podium and I prayed that something would come out of my mouth. And he did. He blessed, he said, the Lord miraculously blessed me to somehow give another 15 minute message. And then <laughs> he um, talks about the adult session would start one hour later. And he spoke three more times, exact same pattern. Um, and then during the general section the next day, he spoke once, but I loved, he talked about like being blessed with a thought, being blessed, have your mouth filled, have your mind filled. We talked about this a lot of, especially with missionaries, but also just like in lessons and whatever that you prepare and then you pray your heart out, right? And having your mouth filled with the words that you need to say. And this does happen. I have had it happen to me. 
at least once that I can think of off the top of my head. I was in a district council as a missionary and I, my companion and I were giving the training that day and I was on goals, which I have such a love-hate relationship with goals. Um, but I just kept talking and I talked and I said something and at the end of it, I turned to my companion and I was like, did that make sense? She was like, yeah, no, it did. And I was like, well, that's good because I just learned something like that was not that was not me speaking. It was a very strange out of body experience. And I never had something quite that powerful happen since. <laughs> but it does happen. But I don't want you to be discouraged if it doesn't happen to you. Um, like I said, that's, that hasn't happened since. That's that was three years ago now. <laughs> and two years ago and I don't I haven't had an experience like that since then um and if you've never had an experience like that that's okay too that doesn't that that may just not be how the spirit speaks to you or the word the lord the way the lord works through you it's different but um things like that can happen miracles like that happen even if it's not exactly that way for you um it does happen the lord will help you through that's basically what he's saying in this this story right of the lord will provide basically so um he one of his kind of closing thoughts is this which i I really loved. He said, just as the Savior finished the work he was given to do, he has the power to help us finish the work we have been given. We can be blessed to move forward along the covenant path, no matter how rocky it becomes, and eventually receive eternal life. And I think that's just beautiful, right? Like, we can push through this. It's such an inspiring thing to say you can get through it. It's even more inspiring to say you can get through it with help. We're not here meant to be here alone. We're not meant to do everything on our own. We're not meant to struggle through life and just get through everything, right? And get on to the next hard thing. Like, like I love that just the Savior finished the work he was given to do. He has the power to help you, help us finish the work we have been given. And that's such a powerful, Thing, and that's such a powerful thing for ourselves and also for other people. That was something that was really important to me as a missionary, learning that I couldn't help everybody. I am a very empathetic person. I feel what people feel. <laughs> like I'm very attuned to people's emotions and how they're doing, what they're what they're feeling. And I just want to take it all away. I just want to fix it. And I can't. That's not my job. I don't have the ability to do that. I can't take away their pain. I can sit with them and love them and be with them. And I can, I can testify of Christ and I can tell them that they also have him to fall back on and to have his help, right? And I can put all of my struggles on Christ. I can 
put my faith in him and my trust in him and get through all of the crazy stuff in life. So, this is my one question for you. It's a pretty short episode because it's actually a pretty short talk and it's pretty, pretty to the point. One question. When have you held on or pushed on just a bit further and been blessed for your faith and perseverance? I'm sure you can all think of one example of that. Um, I I have many <laughs> I can think of. I know I talk about my mission a lot, but I had a lot of amazing experiences as a missionary and I love talking about my mission. I really, really had a hard time on my mission actually. It was like the best and worst 18 months of my life. Like it was amazing and horrible and fantastic and hard. And um, I deal with a lot of anxiety. And I also a lot of self-doubt of being good enough. And you know, why am I even here? Why does the Lord want me of all people? And especially um, when COVID hit, I stayed and a lot of my fellow missionaries went home and it was really rough. I mean, half our missions, missionaries went home, a lot of my friends, a lot of former companions left, my companion at the time left. And then I got a brand new missionary from the MTC I was training in COVID from quarantine. I had never done that before. Nobody really knew what we were doing. We were kind of going by the seat of our pants. Um, we got, obviously we got direction and instruction, but we had never been, like we, we didn't really track in our mission, but we did go and visit people and we couldn't go to people's houses. We couldn't go on, knock on former people's doors for investigators, people who had been taught before. We couldn't have meetings with people. Like there's a lot of people who just fell off the face of the earth because we couldn't get in contact with them. And it was really hard. And I like to say that I had survivor's guilt because I felt like a lot of the missionaries who had gone home were so much better than I was. And I was like, I don't even wanna be here. Like there were so many missionaries, my, my companion included, who did not want to leave. And I felt so terrible that I was staying and she wasn't. <laughs> and I was training and she wasn't because she was, she was actually supposed to train the missionary that I got actually kind of offered. Um, and there were, I mean, not even just then, but before that as well, there were many times I thought about going home I was, I can't, I can't handle it anymore. I can't do the anxiety. I can't do the worry. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I can't live with this person anymore, whatever it may be, right? I was lucky that I had a lot of um, really amazing people. And I had, when I was in the MTC, I was in a trio with two other sisters and I got really, really close to them. And we were really, throughout our entire missions, when we needed something, we called each other which I was so grateful for. And um, and we kind of made a pact, like none of us goes home till we all go home. 
and a lot of us that end up going home, which we totally understood. It wasn't like a, we're going to hate you if you leave. <laughs> um, but I, it's kind of weird to say, a lot of the reason I stayed was for them. I wanted to be there for them, and I knew that I could make it. And I did, I made it my entire 18 months, which was like a massive deal for me that I made it all the way to the end. And I'm so grateful that I did because the experiences that I had throughout my entire mission were amazing. But also my very last companion and I, um, I adore her and I miss her so, so very much. Um, she and I clicked in a way that not a lot of my other companions I had. I had an amazing relationship with the rest of my companions. Well, say that at all. We worked together really well. We were really good partners. Like we picked up each other's slack. It didn't feel like a junior and senior companion. It didn't feel like a I'm picking, I'm doing everything and you're not doing anything. She jumped in with both feet. And that was when I was an STL as well as when I was sister training leader. And so we were assigned to a couple of companionships of sisters and we worked together really well as sister training leaders as well and so you know i wouldn't give up those last few months for the world like i it was hard i was like pushing forward to that finish line um but i got super close with her i got super close to my district the members in that um area were super amazing the people that we were teaching the last active members that we were working with all still kind of during COVID and getting kind of out of COVID were amazing. And I was, like I said, I would not trade that friendship for the world. I still talk to her. I don't talk to her very often. I probably should talk to her more. But like when we do talk, like I know she would do anything for me and I would do anything for her with all of my companions. And I'm so grateful that I stayed <laughs> and got to know the people that I got to know because it was perfect. So that's my example. I have so many more, but I want you to think about that. When have you held on or pushed on just a bit further and then been blessed for it? Um, I'm sure you can think of something. That's kind of all I've got for this talk. Like I said, it was kind of shorter and it was very to the point, honestly. Um, and it's something that I'm really passionate about that like we we have the strength to go on with Christ. And so, yes, yeah, so that's just that one question. When have you held on or pushed on just a bit further and been blessed for your faith and perseverance? As for further reading, um, there's quite a few actually. I'll just kind of rattle these off. Reverence Invites Revelation by Boyd K. Packer, October 1991 General Conference. He talks about that because he obviously, the story that he told was with President Packer. Zoram and I, Getting Our Story Straight, was a BYU devotional by David B. Paxman, um, July 2010. Infuriating Unfairness by Dale G. Renland, April 2021. Uh, Drawing the Power of Jesus Christ into Our Lives by President Nelson from April of 2017. And then footnote three. Um, I said this last, I forgot I was going to say this um, in the beginning of my, of this season. 
um, to remind people to look at footnotes. Um, often, and I learned this from my, my, my mother-in-law, often, I mean, they'll, the footnotes are for, you know, references to if they they're directly quote somebody, they'll say where it's from or what scripture it is, or they'll kind of bury a, even if they don't directly quote a talk, you know, they say like, oh, so-and-so has been teaching about this for years. They'll list four or five talks where that person or that general authority or general officer has been teaching that for years, um, which you can get a lot of really amazing talks that you might not have ever read or heard of. Or if you're wanting to study more about that one um, topic, having those extras is really good. Sometimes also they will go further into a concept, they'll kind of like if they didn't have room enough, they didn't have enough time to talk about everything. Um, like, so I'm gonna use footnote three as an example. This is when he's talking about depression anxiety. He says, when I speak of discouragement, I am not suggesting that just keep going with faith in Christ is the only effort needed for people experiencing clinical depression, anxiety disorders, or other illnesses. For these friends, family members, and others listening, I echo the counsel of the church leaders to please seek medical, psychological, and spiritual care while trusting in the Lord. My heart goes out to you, each of you wrestling with these unique challenges. We sincerely pray for you. And so sometimes a footnote will say something like that. Um, or he'll like, they'll, it's, it's like the like general authority annotating his own talk. And Sometimes it all is, it is just references and sometimes it is like there's a talk coming up that I'll point out that it was like every footnote had like extra information that he was talking about or extra examples. So pay attention to footnotes. Um, I'll try to point them out as much as I can, um, but they're always a good place to go if you're looking for more information on a specific topic or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all I've got for you today. All of those, the questions and the further reading will all be in the show notes, so you can find them there as well. Um, but, but that's all I've got for you today, but thank you so much for listening to and or watching this episode of Dental Conference Conversations. I'm so excited to be back and so excited to be with you all. Um, please be sure to follow me on, on Instagram and Facebook. That's where I usually update when episodes are out, um, things like that. Also, if you subscribe here or follow on your podcatcher choice, um, on either YouTube or your podcatcher choice, <laughs> uh, you'll be alerted as soon as I post a new episode. So you can do that if you'd like review comment like this video this episode <clears throat> i really love hearing from people so and all of links for where you can find it will be in the show notes as well but i'll talk to y'all next time